Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. Can I get some time on your couch today for a little psychiatric session? Too bad. I'm already on it, bro. I'm not getting on the couch with you at the same time, that's for sure. (laughs) Well, you shouldn't do that with any of your employees either, which is what I want to talk about today. Oh, man. First off, before we get into this episode of Startup Hustle, if you happen to be an HR professional, hit stop right now. Not safe for the radio podcast airwaves, however you're listening to this. And this also could be a three or four hour episode. But what if one of our employees is listening to this? Too bad. Okay. I'm feeling kind of salty today, Matt. I'm a little worn out. Well, so what exactly do you want to talk about? I mean, we know employees are awesome and our businesses wouldn't survive without them. Actually, you're right. But... With that comes it's, a lot of responsibility. And it's sort of like an adult daycare. Yeah, I was going to say sort of like raising children sometimes, but then sometimes I can be the child too. I mean, I'll take a little bit of responsibility. I, it's, well, well, salespeople are always like that, though. Salespeople make your business go round. Baby. <laughs> 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 All right, so we're going to get back to employees here, and we'll talk about how awesome salespeople are later. And yes, honestly, salespeople are oftentimes the worst employees um, for a variety of reasons. Um, But I think overall, you're either a good employee or a bad one. Employee or employer? That's, that's, I think that's a yes or no question as well. Um, You know, kind of like you said, employees are a vital part of any business that you run. And, you know, the real reason for that is, you know, all you can do is all you can do. And if you're trying to do something big, well, I mean, run out of capacity pretty quickly. Um, well, the alternative is to clone ourselves. I'm working on that. I did do that. Yeah, I know. And I've seen how that's going for you. But on he's a only lot of eight. Days. I know. And I did that for me, too. And I, well, my wife wouldn't let me name my daughter Payback. But that is certainly what she is <laughs> headed towards being. So, um, but, you know, we talk a lot about startups, and that's the theme of the show. With that, you're invariably going to have some employees if you grow. Yeah, and it's and it's one of the most important, you know, first missteps a lot of companies, a lot of startups take, right? It's sure. who they hire early on. And sometimes, and and sometimes it's also the greatest thing they ever did. I've, yep. I've had, you know, how many employees have you had? But, and any companies you've either owned or managed or whatever, how many have you had? Well, today we have like 20. And that's a small portion from what you had previously yeah my last business when i left there we had like 250 to 300 okay i think i'm somewhere in that ballpark not all with companies that i own i mean with my my first company got to the point where like you get on the elevator and somebody asks you like what floor are you going to and i'm like you work for me right (laughs) Right? like yeah i mean that's that's a whole different circumstance set of problems now i've had some really great employees and honestly when i look back at my own story my own narrative I think it's really possible that without them, I 
wouldn't have found some of the success that I found. Would you agree? I agree. And I've also had some really bad employees and coworkers. And they're the worst. And business partners. Yeah, I know. I know what that's like right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so before we kind of get into what a bad employee might be or maybe how to avoid hiring them or even what do you do if you get one in your grasp? What are some things for you that you look for in an employee or the things that really kind of make a lot of sense to you when you're building the team or working with someone? So someone once told me when you're working at a, a startup or a small business that when you're hiring people, um, one thing to look for is to hire people that like to train other people and people that like to travel. Because if they if they like to train, that's good because you're always training new people and that. And the travel side really comes to about uh, organization and okay. being flexible. So, so I was going to ask where that component came from. Yeah. I thought maybe it would be more related towards just willing to do something that a lot of people won't. Well, I mean, yeah, and people who like to travel tend to uh, do a lot of planning. They'll, they'll go somewhere that they don't know where they're going, and they kind of have to figure it out, and which is a lot like a startup. Sure. I'm looking for the person that's willing to do whatever they need to do. Like, that's an important quality. And someone that has a good attitude about it, I really just don't like working with negative people. Um, that shit's contagious, like really bad. If you put... A bunch of employees in a room with someone that's outwardly negative and just not really that great to work around. Well, it can really, it can really put a damper on everything you're doing. It's, I mean, it's definitely can be a bad culture for the whole team and the whole company. It, it just takes one or two bad apples to kind of bring everybody down for sure. Sure. And now back to the, like some of the good qualities, um, I mean, I'm typically looking for people like, you know, you hear these kind of buzzwords like I can do attitude. You know, I can do it. People that aren't generally intimidated by a challenge or a need or like, you know, wanting to do something that might be different. And it's just having people that are positive. I mean, we sure. one of the uh, one of the ladies that worked for us, um, we referred to her as the exclamation mark around here okay. because she was just always just fun to be around and exciting and very positive. And um, well, those people can make doing things that suck, yeah, not suck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that, you know, that's a that's a thing. You know, especially in a startup or anything new. You know, I look back at any startup and you know, talking to people about, um, I'm sitting here in the studio and I'm looking at a list that I made for a potential startup that, and it's, it's really, really long. And I start th looking at it. And I'm like, man, I sure wouldn't want to do many of those things because they're not fun, but all of them are really important. And, you know, I think another thing too, is, you know, the ability to be thorough or patient and, and the places where it needs to be, but at the same time, also have an aggressive approach towards things like problem solving. I think it's probably the thing that will drive me kind of nuts is it's like the house is on fire and I'm going to sit down and watch it and wait for you to come with the bucket of water, sir. And that kind of, that'll kind of drive me nuts. I, what about competitive people? Do you like a lot of competition or not? I think it's good in uh, definitely in salespeople or different different roles. Well, you employ a lot of developers. Is that ever a competitive environment? 
Mm. It doesn't really go well with that personality style. No, I think uh, it's a little. I mean, some some sure are more than others. I mean, we have one guy that was did a MMA, and I'm sure he's pretty competitive. But I think it's a in general, it's kind of a different personality and breed of people. I've been sending him cryptocurrency quietly with the notes of. Not, like a hit list not from Watson, yeah. Like a hit list or what? No, no I don't want to say that um, because I would never, ever. <laughs> I just, you know, I mean, I'm just trying to build up a little positive, you know, account with him in okay. case I got to take care of some business in case I get a bad employee. You know? okay. Like we told the HR professionals to turn this off, but you know, I I think some other things too that make a good employee or people that are direct, people that just you know they'll. They'll say it to you. They're going to say they're not yes men or women. Need to be open, open and honest, um, willing to take criticism, willing to listen. And, and these are all important traits of a, of a good founder or manager. I agree. Right? Like just being able to figure shit out and not take it personal. Right. It's the people that take things all personal <clears throat> that are the hardest to deal with. It's like we're all in this together. Let's just figure it out, make it work. Right. Not get overly uptight and personal about every little detail. So let's do, you know, we'll do a little, uh, like a little recap of some of the stuff we're just talking about. Um, you know, the word agile comes up, that's flexible ability to change ability to maneuver in a way that, um, makes sense to, you know, whatever the project or situation is, um, people that are friendly or, you know, outgoing assertive that can do attitude another thing about people that just have a general sense of hygiene <laughs> <laughs> oh don't get me started on i'm that being one. serious yeah man. like and you know you look at all right so if you're a startup you're probably not working in individual offices i mean let's reality of it is i remember looking back in the million dollar bedroom story and like you know we had three people in a you know something that was probably the size of a prison cell at one point and uh, i mean look here's the thing man that sounds efficient. If I had to fart a lot, you guys are going to smell it. I'm sorry. Or if, you know, there's a lot of different things that can really be kind of gross there. Um, I think I think another thing that we didn't mention is people that are punctual and timely. Right. Um, but how do you feel about people that are late? It, it, it really drives me nuts. I really can't stand it. I mean, the there's nothing worse than somebody's always got somebody in their family that's always late. I mean, it's just all that just always kind of, it just kind of drives me crazy. I'm a very punctual person. If so. it's a family stuff, I'm always late. Cause that means that I oftentimes have to do less in certain spots. You spend less time with them. Not intentionally, but yes, intentionally. Sometimes it depends on what we're doing. It's not really like trying to get out of it, but as far as work stuff goes, especially when I'm doing things that are sales related, <laughs> nothing's gonna uh, gonna drive a spike through your sale faster than just showing up really yeah. late for yep. it. And you know, I think that as a as a teammate and an employee, and you know, this is a pretty common uh, a common way to look at at tardiness is that you're not respecting other people's time. Uh, you almost like feel like, you know, you're more important than the situation. And it's, you know, you get these spots where you got five people waiting for one person to show up. And, and also as a startup founder, well, that's a waste of your resources. Yeah. You know, you're taking five minutes and it might only, Hey, but I'm only five minutes late. Okay. Well, I mean, back to the yes or no scenario, you're on time or you're not. 
you know, I get it. I, I sometimes stuff happens, but you ever had these people that are like consistently 10 minutes late and they're like, yeah, I just can't seem to get here on time. I'm like, you know, you could leave 10 minutes earlier. That would be a very <laughs> efficient mathematics, solu- mathematics solution for the problem here. So, well, those are the good people. How many, how easy it is, is it to find a good employee? It's hard. I mean, especially if you're looking for software developers, it's really, really hard. I think it's just hard if you're finding them in general. Um, I think there's one more component, too, that we didn't mention. How about people that care? Just generally care about what you're doing. You know, like people that have, you know, when I first started employing people as a business owner, I would, it was really frustrating for me. I had a really hard time on a lot of days. I'd, you know, be driving home or driving around, like talking to myself, you know, just like, oh, okay, why do they do this? Why do they do that? And, you know, eventually I matured and I realized that no one was going to care about my business as much as I do. And once I got past that, my expectation for that level of caring by my employees lessened and I became less frustrated. But at the same time, I really do. This is a certain, you know, intangible thing. When someone cares, they care about your, your, uh, your customers, your clients, your business. You know, they, they take a little more, um, you know, a, a more thoughtful approach to the situation in general. And that's something that's really hard to teach. You either are kind of like that or you're not. Well, another thing I always struggle with is people doing the job the same way that I would want them to do it or doing it at the same pace, speed, pace, quality. I mean, that was something I struggled with for a long time in my career of, especially if you're good at something too. Why can't everybody be as good at this? Why isn't this stuff done yet? why doesn't it work, you know, and then not being a total asshole to those people, because it's not, it's really difficult, especially if you're a really high performer to work with other people that just aren't at your level. Um, but you're not going to find necessarily other people that work at your level, right? I mean, we could find people that did what we do, how we do it, when we do it, the way we do it, they probably wouldn't be working for us. On no, they would probably own their own company or be into it, you know, or on the way to it. And, you know, I think that's a good point. Um, I've, I've had the same issues, um, the same frustrations. I think right around that same process of kind of like resolving myself to the fact that no one was going to care about it as much as me. Um, I was kind of going through that same thing, you know, and, and, yeah. So in conjunction with that, as we kind of transition into the things that, you know, aren't really great traits about someone, um, how, how do you, uh, you know what, actually, let's talk about those first, because I think after that, we can talk about how we resolve it, deal with it, address it, or turn the page on it. Um, what's the least favorite quality you have? I think it's people that are negative. Yeah. To me, that's one of the biggest ones. I think that's almost like the top level category of people who make excuses or they're negative or they just bring everybody down when i hear when i hear about excuses there's something that and i think that you can learn a lot from this if you're one of these people it's just general responsibility if i'm employing you and you mess something up and you come to me and you say hey i need to tell you something i I messed up i really could have done a better job at this i know what i did wrong i'm going to be able to get this right next time the chance that I'm going to like 
be, I, I might actually just be excited that you took responsibility for what's going on. And it's that same mentality of, uh, you ever know someone that gets a speeding ticket and it's the police officer's fault? You know, like, I mean, is it really the police officer's fault that you were going 60 in a 35? You know, they're like, I can't believe that cop gave me that ticket. How dare him? It's like, their fault. They made the speeding limit. Right. It's and, their fault. Right. Now, with that are the same people that are going to also, you know, like, notice these same people, they, they feel slighted and shorted. They're not getting their fair share. You know what I got my fair share of today, though? The barbecue you have in, I was in the cafeteria. Yeah. And uh, um, that's the one time I, on Tuesdays at noon, I always pretend that I work for Stackify long enough to get barbecue and then I, and then I quit and then I quit. So, um, freeloader. Hey, it's hard to do, you know, say when in Rome, well, when in Kansas city, you will eat barbecue. Um, you ever work with someone that says that's not my job. Oh, uh, in a, in a startup that just doesn't work. That doesn't happen. Cause I am also chief cook and bottle washer around here. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I hear you. I've done it all. And uh, oftentimes I find myself doing the things that other people don't do. And I'm never really happy about it. Do you even do you have job descriptions? No, I don't either. I don't believe in them. I think they're limiting. Now, I understand if we had an 8,000 person company, it might be a little more required. But I, I, nothing drives me crazy more than here. And that's not my job. I mean, we, you know, we put up a job ad for something we, you know, have a job description and list of responsibilities but i think those are always just a starting point did i ever tell you the uh content i i, I used to post so I've, I've always had some kind of assistant or someone that you know kind of assists me i don't really get very specific about it but a few years back i posted for entrepreneur's assistant and the uh the description was if you're willing to get paid like shit work too hard but learn a whole <laughs> lot this is the job for you i had an overwhelming response. It was, you know, and, and it was people that like at that, in that particular role, I attracted a lot of, you know, mid twenties, just out of college type people. And they wanted to learn something. And that was the trade off. Maybe they became great employees. Maybe they didn't, but you know, the particular hire that I made, but um, how about the guy that, that has worked somewhere for 25 years and he's paid his dues. And for some reason that means he plays by a different set of rules. Does he work in the, for the union? Maybe, maybe I, that's usually people that work for the union. I find these, they a have lot, seniority. There's Everybody a lot, owes them. There's a lot of these guys. I I've worked with a lot of salespeople that have this affliction and they also are the same guys that are all our gals that are always saying, Oh, if it, you know, everything's never like it was, you know, back in the heyday of doing this and doing that, we were able to, you know, make a zillion dollars and we didn't have to do anything. I can't believe everything changed. Who moved my cheese? And uh, grumpy old bastards. Yeah, I think that that's and that kind of goes with that same mentality of overvaluing your own experience. Like just because you've done you've worked in an industry like look at your industry. Just because I, I, okay, well, technically we work in the same industry. I have no idea what you guys do at Stackify in a, other than what the product does. And that doesn't mean that because I've worked in or around software for, you know, X number of years that somehow I have this, you know, amazing 
hand-me-down knowledge that somehow applies to anything and everything like a skeleton key. Yeah. Um, can I tell you a secret about someone? Sure. I don't like people that gossip. Maybe we should spread some rumors on the podcast. <laughs> oh, man. What would that be? I've heard some weird ones. You know, um, <laughs> even... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've heard some weird Time ones. Time out. I, yeah, I don't want to really get into it. But yeah, people come up with some wacky stuff. Did you hear that I'm trying to replace you as my co-host on the Startup Puzzle? Yeah, uh, you have done that before, actually. Dude, it's because you your startup is way further down the line than mine, and you actually take vacation occasionally. It's Every once in a while. I'll be honest with you. The reason that I've replaced you is because really deep down inside, I'm super envious that you are doing something other than working. Well, I, I was recently at the premiere for Westworld and I was trying to get one of the hosts and I was going to make them like me and bring them back and then have them be your new co-host. So you're going to replace me with a robot? No, myself. My, uh, <laughs> you were gonna you were gonna clone yourself with a Westworld like robot, yeah. and then replace me on the show. No, replace myself. So oh, I you could, just oh, so I wouldn't have to do it anymore. I fully support that. <laughs> yeah, I'm into that. Well, yeah, what do I need to do to help facilitate? I mean, I would probably replace you too. But do I get to do it with another robot? You want to talk about weird gossip stuff? You can do whatever you want with some, those robots. Th- I all right. So there's been some weird, uh, you know, gossip about us or about myself. Um, it's really funny. We're sitting here recording a podcast and someone's either sharpening 10,000 pencils in the room <laughs> next to us or trying out their new saw. Um, I think they've done construction upstairs. Maybe they've been doing a lot of that lately. I actually vacated my office a couple of weeks ago because I was positive the ceiling was going to fall in. Um, so some of my employees, they, they joke, they think I'm a robot, a vampire, or an AI chatbot. And that's because I am just kind of like always there. I'm always online. I just don't, why do I just don't sleep for long periods of time? So, you know, when I'm, when I'm weighing in on something, you know, at two in the morning, six in the morning, eight in the morning, they ask me a lot if I sleep or not. Maybe you're already a host. Maybe you're not human. That one dude on that show didn't even know he was a robot, yeah, right? Yeah, it could be you. Isn't that like it the most advanced model, like yeah. when you become self-aware? And Bernard didn't know. That's right. Um, so why don't we talk about... Hey, look, if you don't do what I'm going to tell you to do right now, Matt, I'm kicking you off of this podcast and I'm telling the producer, peer pressure, man. It's not a real cool thing to do in school and it sure isn't a good thing to do in the workplace either. All right, I'll I'll do whatever you want. You're so, that worked. That worked. Um, so why don't why don't we talk about now um, some of the worst hires we've ever done in our startups? Oh my god, I I, I got one for you. Lay it on me. So at Stackify, um, one of the worst hiring decisions we did was actually hiring a salesperson before we had a product to sell. Okay, but was I mean, they, and he was a good candidate. He was a good guy. Okay, so but that, that's we hired a, him way too soon. That's actually one of the things when they talk about hiring is making sure you actually have you really need the position, right? And sometimes, uh, you know, I did that at Gigabook. I did the exact same thing. Um, it's really funny when I look back at it, and I'm kind of like, man, what was I thinking? It was right at the beginning of 2015. I felt like you know I could basically throw a square peg into a round hole. And I mean, we, 
I learned a lot about valid validation and just kind of, we weren't ready. I sure wasn't ready for a couple people that were trying to sell a product that was not ready to be adopted on a large scale. Um, so yeah, I kind of did the same thing too. It's uh, kind of tough to deal with, you know, at the same time, like, how do you avoid hiring someone that's not good? Oh, wait, I didn't get to share my, one of my worst hires may have just recently occurred. Yeah. Was it me as your co-host? No, we don't get paid for this. Okay. So technically you, you haven't been hired. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, we should do something about that. So what was the worst hire you made? If you're willing to send $1 to the Startup Hustle podcast, we no longer have to say that this isn't monetized. So figure out how to do that and send it on. We need a tip jar. Well, I recently hired someone. They lasted five days. What a cumulative, uh, cumulative lateness in five days of almost eight hours. Fell asleep at the workstation. I've had that happen before. Spending as much time text messaging. Wow. Um, I, I just, you know, the crazy thing too is it was someone that interviewed well. And what's your hiring process? What do you put someone through? Like, how do you try to get the turds out of the punch bowl, Matt? I think the best thing you can do is talk to them as much as possible and have them talk to as many people as possible. Get them in different situations. I like a three and three configuration. Three different people talk to them on three different times. And it can be... I don't know, like the person that you like that first day, you might not like the second day, definitely might not like the third day, then you also might like someone and someone else might see right through their BS. And I, that's really the whole purpose of that. Now, would you say it's probably a good idea to not just hurry up and hire someone? I think it depends. I mean, you definitely want to take it slow, but you don't want to overanalyze it. It's, at some point in time, it's going to be a coin toss if they're going to work or not. So you're saying you don't truly know what you're getting until they show up and do the job. You really have no idea. I agree. I mean, especially hiring like a salesperson, like you have no idea if they're really going to sell stuff or not <laughs> or, so or a software developer. Like, yeah, they sound smart, but do they actually get anything accomplished? You know, another thing too, is like also like the rate at which people accomplish things. You know, I've, I've really learned to appreciate that over the years. You know, someone that hypothetically makes a hundred dollars an hour needs to be two times faster than the you know, than the guy that makes 50. And, you know, some of that, you know, in the world of baseball, they, they, they say war, win above replacement. Right. Like, you know, it's just a mathematic calculation that this player is statistically going to help you win three more games than the average guy in the minor leagues. Well, I look at employees the same way. I actually call it car cost above replacement. And sometimes you just have people that, that, you know, maybe they, they have a bloated salary compared to whatever's, you know, being produced. And then some people are the opposite way. I'm like, Oh my God, like, well, we just added someone like that. And you know, our, our office in Cebu, I'm just like, wow, you know, thank you for making my life easy. I really appreciate it. Being good at your job is something that I enjoy. Um, do you really define the specific needs of what you need for a position? Like, even if it's internally, I know we said that we don't always do job descriptions, but I have a pretty good idea of what I'm looking for when I go to hire someone. I mean, past personality traits. Well, I think, I guess I kind of think of it as like problems I'm trying to solve. Like I need, my business needs help with X. Right. So right now we're hiring an account manager. 
Right. So it's like, you know, we have a pretty good idea of the void we're trying to fill, the what that person kind of looks and feels like, what they're good at, what we need them to do. You said something to me re- recently that's relevant. You know, I'd rather have a guy or a gal that's great at one thing than someone in specific places that's just average at 12. Right. Now, that other person we just, you know, said wasn't the right hire, it early stage startup actually might be the better. It could be. And, you know, in the past, for example, I've had like a graphic designer that worked with me that was sort of pretty good at marketing, sort of pretty good at editing videos, sort of pretty good at a lot of things, but wasn't really good at any of them. Right. Just and to, sometimes those people are great. I mean, right. And I think that depends. Like, you know, do you need a Swiss Army knife? Do you need a cleaver? Or do we need, like, you know, Rambo's survival knife? Right. I mean, I think that that can, you know, or maybe a scalpel. I think that's the true specialist. And I think as your business or your startup begins to grow and advance in its, in its stage, I think that's where you get more towards the surgeons. Although, you know, sometimes you do need a whole army of other people, depending on what's going on. I know that when you had Venn Solutions, what, you guys have two or 300 employees when you sold that thing? Yeah. Wow. it's a lot. Do you know, do you know them all? No, did how not. Many, how many do you know? Most of them. Right. I mean, it's weird because it, it, I mean, it starts out where it's, you know, 10 people, 20 people, 50. You get to a place where it's like 50 to 100 and all of a sudden you can't keep track of everybody anymore. And you that, can't remember their name. And that's the thing, too, that makes it, that makes business growth interesting because now you need people to manage your people and right. you need people just to fill out paperwork about your people. And then you need people just to fill out insurance paperwork about your people. And then you need people to clean up after you. Well, and ultimately you, your biggest problem becomes uh, retaining people, right? Like you've got these great employees. How do you retain them? How do you keep somebody else from coming along and stealing them? Has that been a problem? It, yeah. From time to time. I mean, I, I'm, especially with software developers and stuff that are in such hot demand. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a raider. Yeah, I know. You do? Yeah. Can you help raid some people for me? And uh, find do we have to people? do it here? No. Because I'll tell you what, you know, if you're in Kansas City and you're a software developer, uh, congratulations. It's a very interesting market for that particular position here. Uh, what do you think drives that? Is Supply it just, and demand. And, and I was listening to a podcast with you on it, which was weird. I felt like I was cheating on this podcast, <laughs> but you were on the Mixergy podcast, right. which is widely listened, uh, very well put together. And did you say something like there was a, a, a million shortage of soft, of IT professionals in the United States? That's just the United States. In the United States, yeah. Good Lord. Wow. That sounds like a I good mean, that's why that's why they make so much money, right? Like, if it's like anything in life, it's all based on supply and demand. And um, I could help you with that. Yeah, I know. Well, that's why, you know, it's probably why we hire people in Cebu. You know, we've worked on that um, in the Philippines um, because it's it's impossible to find people here. And we have them. We've had employees in uh, South America and other places because we just can't find them. And some of that, too, is so much. It's just the need as well. Like you talk about retaining employees. Well, in order to retain employees, they have to be happy. Right. And if you're if you're burning them on a red line you know, schedule, you know, and making people work at times that they're not happy and do things that they're not passionate about. Eventually that catches up. And that's where when your company becomes global and Stackify very much has, where you guys have over 50 countries or we have customers in over 50 countries. Yeah. I'm wondering, we've had more listeners in more countries. When is Stackify going to catch up? You really need to get your shit. Well, we'll we're working on it. We're working on it. 
at least stack of our generates revenue. We pay money to do this. <laughs> I'm going to need to borrow a couple bucks to pay the podcast bill, by the way. Um, what do you do if you hire, if you realize you've made a bad hire? It's hard. I mean, I think it depends on the, on the circumstance, right? It depends on if somebody's really not doing their job or, or what if it's a, a person that has like some medical issues or personal issues that are maybe something they can straighten out. Um, it, it's do you, have, do you have a different level of patience if it's someone that has immediate issues as opposed to someone that's been with you for a while? Because I do. Yeah, I mean, I always try and be loyal to people, especially if they do a really good job. I mean, your example of yeah. somebody who shows up to work late all the time and stuff like that, like, you don't feel so bad letting them go. No, especially, you know, I, I always say when it comes to employment, and it's kind of the same with dealing with clients or customers, too, is you need to make some deposits before you start making withdrawals. And, you know, I've had employees in the past that have gone through rough patches. And, you know, like, I mean, you're talking people that are on their third, fourth or whatever year. And I get it those things happen, you know? And like, if you feel that that's someone that's, that's rebound, going to rebound and be a, you know, a good contributor and a productive member of your team or someone that you feel good continuing to write checks to, then that might be worth dealing with. And I think a couple tips I have there is always trying to make sure you don't get to a place where you have one employee that sort of holds you hostage. Like they're the only Mm -hmm. person that knows the tiny general, Matt. Um, that is the tiny general, and that's someone you definitely don't want. I mean, I always refer to it as the bus factor. Like, how, many, how many people can have to be hit by the bus before there's uh, nobody to do the job? That's a, oh, okay, sure. You don't want the bus factor to be the, one. Well, people, that'll, people that very willingly throw others in front of that same bus are also not yeah. really a desirable quality. There's a few things that um, I've learned to pick up when interviewing someone that, in my opinion— All right, so— we were talking the other day. You're never gonna you're never gonna hire at a 100 success rate. Um, honestly, if you, if you get four out of five right, you, you I think you're that's kind, really you're good. Doing really yeah. good, right? Um, I think if you're getting down the 50 percent range, it's no good. Um, but like you said, you don't know until they show up, and then sometimes circumstances just happen. You know, you can't control things you can't control. But when I'm interviewing someone, there's a few things that that'll definitely red flag me. People that come in and ask about compensation, like immediately, um, tells me you're selfish. Uh, you're only concerned about the money and nothing else. Um, I want you to want the money, but we haven't even talked about the job yet, Matt. And by the way, this job pays nothing. Are you still interested? Yeah, I'm still interested. Okay, well, I like that. I'm not employable, so... I'm not either. I'm not either. I don't expect to have a job that pays anything. I'm going to try to get a job soon, maybe. I don't think I... I, I'd have a tough time. I really would. I don't think I'd make a very good employee at this point. (laughs) Um, And I work with other businesses quite regularly, and I enjoy that. But I think it's because I eventually know that I'm going to get set free or or whatever. It's part-time, and I kind of like helping people. But, you know, some other things that... All right, look, if someone's if someone's late to the interview, they're not going to be on time to work. That's a red flag for you right there. Um, you know, people that are attentive, that ask, the, that ask questions that matter. Like, um, I love finding people that have a passion for what you're going to want them to do, not just like, oh, sure, I could do that. You know, like, I love doing podcasts. And if you hire me for nothing as your podcast host, I think that you will not regret it because I'm awesome. Let's go. Let's do this. Come on. See? Let's go. Woo! It's contagious. Now, all right, look, I'm going to be honest, and this is why I told the HR people to turn it off. 
I flush the turds, man. I don't wait long. I, I have had a lot of employees and I look back at all of them and look back at your own hiring record and the people you've worked with. If someone isn't good right away, they usually aren't. I've, that's been one of the problems I've had over my career is sometimes you get these people that are like, oh, they do a pretty good job, but I'm kind of on the fence. And tweeners. My, my gut instinct has always been to flush them. I've and heard, I always fight against it. I've heard people say that, you know, people that claim to be experts, that the best time to let someone go is the first time it comes up in yeah. the thought process. Because in, in this weird subconscious way, you've basically made up your mind. Like, you know it at that point. And, you become very negative and about now that you person. Have, and that's another thing, too. That's another reason I take a very aggressive approach, because not only will whatever they're doing that makes you want to let them go continue to eat at your solutions it also will eat at you. Yeah, one of my uh, good friends um, refers to this as uh, freeing up their future. Yeah. And it's I, like, I'm not going to fire you. I'm freeing up your future to do something else because this is not it. There's a there's a movie with George Clooney where, like, or I think that's him, and, you know, they're the guys that go around and just fire people, and, like, they're showing him, like, being presented with this, you know, it's got, like, a yacht on it, and they're, like, a beach, and, like, you know, like, the getting fired is clearly the greatest thing that's ever going to happen. <laughs> it, it can be, um, you know, like maybe there's a lot better opportunity out there for you and you've never gone to explore it. But yeah, for me, like when I know, I know I, I do try to give someone a chance. Like I, we have bad days, but you know, some stuff you can just control. So, well, what, you, you know, if we bring it back to the um, analogy of Westworld again, you know, one, one of the things that it, uh, somebody was talking about or was on the show is a lot of us actually kind of work on that loop. We do the same thing every day. We do the same job. We do the, like our, our life is actually kind of on a loop, much kind like, like the host. that groundhog day yeah. kind of thing. And sometimes you know, there's, there's getting... some ways to break that up too, that'll actually help you not go crazy. Yeah. Maybe your employees too. So do you meet any famous people out there? You know, I'm not easily starstruck, but, um, didn't you see Elon Musk? I did see Elon Musk. Why didn't you ask him to be on the show? <sighs> Okay, look, for those of you listening, the night that Matt was at, you know, doing Hollywood stuff, and, and I say that with like, you know, air quotes and a, and a smirk, but I'm, I would have loved to have gone. My wife probably more so, but we'll get to that part in a second. Uh, so I get, a, I get a message from Watson and it says, oh my God, Elon Musk is at this thing. And the only thing that I could think to respond was ask him to be on the podcast. <laughs> um, and, you know. We're hoping to have that for the next episode. Were you being selfish? No, I was trying to do that for the overall value of what his views on why we all live in a computer simulation would do. <laughs> for, uh, did you did you actually meet Elon? No, I didn't. He was like ten feet away from me, walking walking through the crowd. That might be enough. Did you get smarter at least? Yeah, I think so. I, did yeah. you get richer? No. Did they give away free Teslas? No. Any anything else interesting going out there? Uh, I mean, it was cool just to meet the cast, and there was other interesting, like Katy Perry was there, and some other interesting people. But um, did you ask her to be on the podcast? Oh no, we went on a date and everything. So yeah, is that why your wife was chasing what was the name? Uh, she was chasing one of the Hemsworth guys. You know, she man, she uh, she was like a teenage girl. Yeah, I know. My wife was too when she saw the picture of your wife with him. I know. I, yeah, the only comment I could make on my, on your Facebook page was, uh, 
Jill put it back in your pants. <laughs> um, it was pretty amazing. I was just really, really enamored by how excited my wife was that your wife met him. Um, we were also really excited. You know, we're big 30 Rock watchers. So okay. what's the, you know, the guy that was Chris Cross on 30 Rock and he's the Oh, he's one of the main guys uh, in the first season. He, I forgot his name. They, they usually kick his ass and, and shoot him and rebuild him. Um, he's, I can't remember, one of the main guys. He's okay. like the boyfriend of the blonde girl. Yeah, that's um, James Marston. Yes. That's, yeah. who, that's yeah. who Like we went. Like He was the one that helped us go to the event. So we spent a bunch of time with him when we were there. You rode to the event with him? No, not with him, but... Uh, so the reason we got to go was from a charity event. He was mm-hmm. the one who like made it all happen. Okay. So he was like our, our sort of sponsor to be able to go. Well, that looked fun. So, While you were doing that, I was at home regretting my hiring decisions. <laughs> no, not really. I, you know, honestly, to kind of wrap us up, I mean, I really do. I value, uh, I value the people that help make it happen for me, um, especially the ones that really make it happen. Uh, anything you heard, you know, on this was, and if you do work for me, this wasn't about you or was it? Cause there's a lot of legal disclaimers here. I could talk really, really fast right now. <laughs> like, you know, I think, I think in general, we didn't name any names, anybody named during this podcast was done. So in a fictional sense. Yeah. I didn't really see, you. by the way, you know, who's getting fired, whoever's sharpening pencils for the last hour <laughs> next to us. But. I think in general to wrap this up for me, I think technology is actually pretty easy pretty easy to create it it's people people are hard uh recruiting people hiring people keeping them happy getting i mean them to work with each other yeah i mean it's sort of like adult daycare it really is and um i mean i've, I've had friends I bet that our were, employees would say that about working with and for my us. i've had friends that were managers at, at certain companies that felt like they were psychiatrists all day like they have employees coming in just bitch and have grievances i have no things. idea what that's like i wouldn't put up with it well, I wouldn't want to deal with it. I'm but. talking about you. Dude. Oh shit! Yeah, I'm sorry. I do. I do. Come Three in or here. four times a day. Like I've literally oh, seen you. Not like, a day. There's been yeah. There's been days. Maybe, oh, maybe that one day. We're gonna start but, a counter. You know, maybe maybe a couple times a week. By the way, before we close, I want to thank the guy who emailed me about the podcast to specifically express his empathy for the fact that my Rochambeau legacy had ended. It is over. Yeah. Um, thank you for caring. I do appreciate that. (laughs) I mentioned that I really appreciate caring and empathy. So, you know, I think on to the next episode, and that's going to be a running count of how many times you come and crash on the couch in my office. All right. Ready to complain. All right. Um, I'll see you next time. I'm going to go look for a job. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.